Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear and joined here by my best friends. You already know Johnny and, of course, Big Travi. And, of course, you, Whisper Nation. We have got Eric Zuber, Albert, Freak Stomper, Do It 420, Stefan, Danny Tubbs. Man, we got a full room here and even fuller because we are joined by a very good friend and special guest, friend of the show already. You know who it is. Here we got Ryan Weiss joining us. How you doing, my dude? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I already have so many mock drafts I do on Monday, but to cap it off with the OGs of Mock Draft Monday is the way I want to end my holiday weekend. So thank you. Oh, my God. Let's go. This Let's is go. the highlight of mine now. So we are going to be getting started here in just a couple moments with our 12-team PPR redraft non-super flex for those of y'all keeping notes we're gonna be getting that one started here in just a second but before we do i want to give ryan weiss here a chance to let whisper nation know where you can find him and all the great work that he and his team members are putting together i appreciate that uh, i am a writer for football guys uh website that has been around for years joe Bryan invited me on when i decided to take a step away from the fantasy footballers last year so i've been writing with them for about a year now love everything we're putting out over there i highly suggest you look into them and the memberships they put out such great content from people even smarter than i am i'm just there to kind of help out and uh provide the comic relief if you will but i also work very closely with club fantasy that's where most people probably know me from that's my mock draft shows that's kind of all of my on-camera appearances and so i do wednesday shows and sunday shows and monday shows and i basically joke that if it's an uh, online show that club fantasy is putting together i want to be involved in it i have way too much time and i like to spend it uh working on fantasy football stuff occasionally i'll throw an article out together with them but for the most part it's what i'm working on over there is the uh, the online stuff and my rankings you can also find on football guys so well there you got it whisper nation and johnny we've got the links in the bio is that right yep uh right below in the description all right well we've got 16 of y'all in here we're about to get rocking and rolling and if you enjoy what you are listening to and you have not already yet subscribed to the fantasy whispers we're looking to gain one new sub today that's, that's all we're looking for one just in. one numero uno it could be you uh, it can't be you, Freak Stopper, though. Unsubscribing and resubscribing does not count. Sorry on that one, but we're looking to get new members into the community, and it's not just about bumping up the numbers. Let us know where you're coming in from. Let us mm -hmm. drop us a line, say hello. We want to make sure we address every single question and every single person here joining us today because we fucking love it so much. We're going to get started now, moving on with our 12-team PPR mock draft, 30 seconds per pick. Johnny, is there anything holding us back? Nope, just hitting the start button. All right, right we're now. Getting, boom, get it going. We we're are on, on the, the clock. clock. Well, I, I should say, get... I said, say Ryan is on the clock. Well, not anymore. Not, dude. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, coming in now. Ryan, I want to get exactly. your first off take here with you know this. Where does your mind go in the top of the draft for a startup PPR? What are some things you're considering in this kind of draft position? Yeah, to be honest. So as I mentioned, I do mock drafts for my own show every Monday as well. And for those drafts, I always like to pick the back end like a lot of you guys did here. Um, today, I wanted to start with the front end. I'm drafting with some sharps. I know the crew that you guys bring in. I've drafted with a bunch of these people over and over again. And to be honest, this always ends up happening to me. Whenever I do a draft earlier in the morning and then do another one later in the afternoon, I see someone 
absolutely kill it from a slot. And I'm like, I'm going to see if I can kill it from a slot. And so um, our buddy, um, it's not like I forget who this person is. Um, Kevin Coleman from Football Guys was the 101 in my draft this morning and had one of the best teams put together. And I'm like, well, you know what? If Kevin can do it, I can do it too. So put me at the 101, get my boy, Jonathan Taylor. And really, I mean, I don't want to give away too much strategy because I know all your people are watching right now, but anyone who's followed me for any sort of time knows that I'm a late or great tight end. And so I'm very interested to see what happens at the two, the 212 and the 301 with my tight end situation in this type of draft. Last question before we jump to the rest of our panel. Ryan, is there anyone else getting any consideration for that 101 spot other than Jonathan Taylor? Does he have it in a chokehold? So... History says Jonathan Taylor is not going to be the RB1 this year. It's very much against Jonathan Taylor being the RB1 just in the fact that they don't repeat. It plain and simply doesn't happen. The things working in Jonathan Taylor's favor is they haven't got considerably better at wide receiver while they did improve their quarterback situation. Mm. So I think Matt Ryan gives a threat that defenses have to respect and there's still going to be room for Jonathan Taylor. I understand the coach is saying I would draft Naheem Hines and you know what? I would draft Naheem Hines as well. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor's still the guy and Jonathan Taylor, once he gets the balls and ball in his hand, he's dangerous, plain and simple. And that's what you want. So I will say it's not unheard of. And it's just so funny to me how far he's falling in drafts anymore. Saw him fall to the 108 in a draft last week. Christian McCaffrey still belongs in the conversation. If he's healthy, he scores quarterback points. He scores more points than Jonathan Taylor. He scores more points than Derrick Henry. You want Christian McCaffrey on your football team. It's just a question of, Will he be there when you draft him? And not as in, mm. will he be there at 101? He's clearly there, but will he be there come week three? <laughs> these are good questions. These are good questions, and these are great points. And I am looking for my boy Pizza Belly here. I just wanted to give him a shout-out as well. The old True Blues coming in. What up, Women's Federation of Peoples? What up to you here? Johnny, you went ahead and took Jamar Chase there at the 108 spot. Jamar chased you ahead of Devontae Adams, some of these other guys. Do you do you, are you just liking Jamar Chase, or do you really think that he is the top three wide receiver coming in this year? Uh, I, I won't be surprised at all if he ends up being outside of that top three, just because I do think T. Higgins will be more involved and whatnot. I just didn't like... I didn't love the the running backs there uh, that were going, and I didn't want to take them in the first round. So that's kind of where I was at and why I went with Jamar Chase. I didn't love taking Jamar in the first because I'm, I'm much bigger on, like I'd rather get T. Higgins in the later rounds. Mm. But again, that's why we mock because I want to see what I could do. Because yeah. It's again, a great point to talk about T. T Higgins on this one. It's cut you out there. But with David Kluge, I wanted to get your take on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins because this is, to me, one of the coolest one-two dynamics we've got going at the wide receiver position in the NFL right now, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Like, man, it's how like how I like to build my Madden teams. Get yourself some really good, really young receivers on both sides. Have them for a decade plus and just, like, let's get the fun positions locked in, which is kind of what they did. But what was the stat that Dave Kluge shared with us, Johnny, on the amount of production Jamar Chase had on like from six plays, like 30% or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it ended up being like 30% or something like that came off of, you know, or they were over 50-yard touchdowns as well, where, where a big chunk of where he, he got a lot of his fantasy points last year. It will be interesting to see because teams – I mean, they should have known it last year. That's the whole thing is like they should have known last year that this was going to be a connection, an instant connection. But 
teams i guess didn't respect it enough i that's where my concern is going with jamar chase this year mm. is that teams will be like okay we are definitely going to take that away from them because that is a huge part of their game plan and their playbook yeah and so that is my concern where t over jamar chase kind of takes a step back but very similar to what i was saying and my stance is very similar to last year on jamar He's such an electrifying player. His skill is definitely evident. Uh, there is a connection between him and Joe Burrow. So you at least want to try to get some exposure to Jamar Chase. But like I said, if I'm looking at, uh, we were talking pre-show, you know, looking back at your your entire draft and how much uh, you have involved in each player, I think mm. I'll have a lot more T. Higgins than Jamar Chase this year. But I got no problem with full exposure to Jamar Chase. He is very good, and uh, he, he is very good. But I love the points that you're bringing up there on T. Higgins, and and he's kind of a value pick. Yeah, want to say just, what's up? To, go uh, ahead, Travis. I just I wanted to jump in on the Bengals really quick because last year we saw their schedule kind of – it was a little bit light. And this mm-hmm. year I think they're going to actually be challenged a whole lot more. If you remember, the Bengals started off very slow, running the ball a ton. And I think down the stretch when they really got hot, Burrow had those back-to-back games that blew up fantasy. Everybody was going crazy. That's part of where Chase was getting really hot too with the big plays. If they're forced to throw more in these close games and these good games you know, against good teams, I think you could actually see a monster season for them. And dare I say, even like Tyler Boyd gets some relevancy again this year because they're mm. going to have to go out and open up the offense a little bit more. Well, that's what I was going to throw out there too is you hit the nail on the head because I remember looking at it when I was adjusting my weekly ranking. Cincinnati was running – as few a plays as Seattle was for a oh, while. Yeah. Where the point where I thought my numbers were wrong. Yeah, I thought my numbers were jeebies, dude. Yeah, I thought my numbers were wrong. I went back in and like reran all of my calculations because I'm like, there's no way Cincinnati and Seattle are in the same play right. calling mode, and it was just fully bad. And not to take anything away from Kluge, and it, it was a good stat. I know he did a lot of research on it. I hate any statistic where it's like, well, if you take away these plays, yeah. this player was yeah, terrible. Liars, you yeah. did how this if you take out. away his 40-yard run, he only although, ran. Although, in defense, yesterday I was uh, – oh, Here we go. No, no, but yesterday on Twitter – this it it would have made sense to do it in this i didn't do it i didn't i i resisted but we were t- there was a, a twitter conversation about um you know mark andrews targets with huntley versus lamar and you know i it was like you know everyone wanted to throw out the argument like oh yeah because mark andrews got was getting absolutely peppered and got so many more targets with huntley than he did with lamar lamar was spreading it around and i was like well, yes, he was spreading it around, but he also wasn't as accurate when targeting Mark yes. Andrews as well. So, and then, so then I was looking at the targets, and realistically, and again, this is why I say, well, if you throw out the one game, because there was the very week eighteen, uh, Mark Andrews had sixteen targets, and so it's like, but if you look at all the re- other games, they were right on par with l- how many targets Lamar was getting him in 10, 11, yes. 9. So it really, you know, like that was the one scenario where I was like, well, yeah, I know. am fully OK with anything that says if you throw out week 18, the long and yeah. short of it is besides DFS, yeah. we're not playing the kind of fantasy football we play 
week 18. So if your right. statistics are, well, if you throw out week 18, I buy into that completely because that yeah. does matter for fantasy football. But I hate when, if you take out their five biggest runs and things, I'm like, that's not yeah. how this works. And the reason why I want to jump well, in on this one. Go ahead. Yeah, like, oh, sorry. So I just, like the biggest thing with Chase is like, that's what we want. We want big precisely. Like, that's what that's, we're going for. Yes. And the reason why I am with Ryan Weiss on this one is because we act as if these major plays are flukes. It yeah. brings me back to and, and a fluke versus what they're capable of because not everybody is capable of breaking away a run yeah maybe you have it where the one guy on you falls down and that's why you ran away and in that kind of case i'm there i'm with you but johnny it makes me think of when we were watching film for the incoming rookies and we are doing our evaluations before the nfl draft actually took place and you know you'd watch a player and based on but before they were even 10 yards past the line of scrimmage we were kind of saying that you could already have a pretty good idea of where this highlight was going to end up. Like you'd watch a guy and you're like, this guy has breakaway speed. And you're like, watch him break away. I bet he, I bet he scores a touchdown here. Or another one where you're like, this guy is, is really good between the tackles, hits hard, is quick, but I'd be surprised if he took it all the way to the house. And then lo and behold, you know, it's a 45 yard yeah. run, but he's tackled. And so it's like, these, oh, if you just took away his massive play, it's like, well, <laughs> that's what he is capable of doing. Yeah, it only might happen 5% of the time. So you got to give him 20 touches. But if you give him 20 touches, Chances say one of those he's going to break away, but not everybody exactly. has that chance. Yeah, I like that. Although I will say there was one player, Austin, uh, that I, literally I was wrong every single time with what he did after he got the ball, and that was Wandell Robinson. Watching oh. that guy, like I, there were so many plays where I'm like, okay, like. I can understand what they're going to do here. He's probably going to get like a 10 yard play or like, this is probably going to, and he would just, he is so dynamic with the ball in his hands that he would, you would like, it would be a, a, a play where you're like, okay, he'll probably get like 10, 15 yards here. And he would just take it to the house or he would like, mm-hmm. he would uh, break a bunch of tackles. And, and it was just, he was the one player where, where I would, I was surprised with, uh, watching his tape that what he is actually able to do with the ball in his hand. It actually takes into a cool segue here. I wanted to get Ryan Weiss's take on any of the rookies that he's particularly charmed by. Do you have any real yeah. favorites at the skill positions for coming in as rookies this year that you're just uh, like Johnny, Johnny loves DeAndre Swift. You, Who is, they, they wind and dined you. Any of them. Well, yeah. I would say when you're looking at, so redraft, you have to be careful because number one, you got to be patient. So Brees Hall, in my opinion, is the only surefire rookie that is worth one of these top five top six picks on your team because he's going to come in he's going to get the volume on a team that wants to run the football so i'm big Brees hall guy i love what kenneth walker brings to the field rashad penny's getting the first crack they've already said that and you don't want to just ignore rashad penny and you don't want to ignore that rashad penny for the last five weeks of last season was the number one running back in all fantasy football and it wasn't particularly close and this is on already a bad Seattle team. Yes, they are worse, but it's not like he was playing on a Super Bowl caliber team last year. Mm. So you don't want to ignore Rashad Penny. So you want to look at receivers. And this is where I was actually having this mild debate with folks on Twitter. My wide receiver one in this class is Garrett Wilson. 100% mm-hmm. I think he's the most talented. I didn't love the Jets landing spot. I kind of It's going to work out in the long run with he, Elijah Moore, and hopefully Zach Wilson. It's more of a not having a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. However... Mm. For this year, redraft purposes, Drake London and Traylon Burks are in way better positions to see over 110, over 120 Mm. targets because they're on terrible teams that are going to need to throw the football quite a bit. And 
they're the number one wide receiver on their team. And yes, there's the Bobby trees argument, but I want to see recovery from a 31, 32 year old wide receiver coming off of an ACL injury. And Bobby trees has flourished in the Sean McVay system. Robert Woods was not that great pre Sean McVay. There were years people don't remember. Mm. He was, he washed out in Buffalo. Like Robert Woods was a bounce around the league kind of guy before he got good. It took time. And I don't particularly love Ryan Tannehill. That's a knock on Burks and Woods. But I think Burks is going to remind him of his guy, A.J. Brown. And I think you're going to see things maybe force fed to Burks. So from the top of the draft and maybe all of redraft, because that's the thing. This redraft is where the talent drop off that dynasty folks were talking about really shows because a lot of these other guys like Brian Robinson is barely a draftable asset and he oh. was the fourth running back drafted. So like these are barely draftable assets as the fourth running back, fourth rookie running back that you don't want him on your team. Every one of everyone's favorite rookies coming in is Khalil Shakur. He's not even going to get a look in redraft right. as the third or fourth in Buffalo as a fifth round pick. So that's where this drop off in talent is really going to affect you is essentially the the five wide receivers and maybe three running backs are guys who you really want but like Trey McBride the very best tight end is trapped behind Zach Ertz so I would say top of the draft but not top of your actual fantasy draft the top of the real NFL draft or where you're looking and you may not want to look much further there's not a lot of good mm. spots there so any sleepers down the way maybe out maybe even a little past redraft any sleepers though that you like oh Danny Gray I really like um, I've heard he's doing very good things in San Francisco we don't quite know what the uh, Debo Samuel situation is right now if Danny Gray gets a chance to play coming out of SMU I think he could do very good things in that offense I actually like him better than Brandon Ayuk I think a lot of what we saw of Brandon Ayuk towards the end last year was kind of fluky and things being forced his way to try to get him back into the offense you start the year in the doghouse I don't know if he's completely out of the doghouse yet um, a guy who everybody kind of likes Justin Ross the undrafted free agent just because we don't know how Kansas City's wide receiving core is going to shake out so you want to make sure if you can get a piece of Patrick Mahomes you want to get a piece of Patrick Mahomes. And the guy I like, I just don't know if he's healthy. Houston, John Mechie. Oh, they yeah. needed a slot wide receiver. He could be a very good slot wide receiver. Right now, originally their death chart was Chris Moore, the former Baltimore kick returner, was going to be their <laughs> slot wide receiver. If Mechie takes that job on a team, again, that should be playing from behind quite a bit, and a quarterback that's not known to just sling it down the field, I, I think he could do well with it. I mm -hmm. think you're right on this one. I love that take. The John Mechie one is an interesting one to follow. You're getting your second pick here. You got your seventh round started up. I wanted to bring it over to Travis on this one because, well, you got a few picks before it's your turn. So I wanted to give you a chance, Travis, to talk a little bit about what you're doing here with your redraft team here. Uh, Easy Daddy coming in say there should be a rule that you can't draft a player that has the same first name <laughs> as you. Yeah. Looking at you, big Travis, obviously taking their <laughs> Travis Kelsey at the top of the or the end of the first. But it looks like you're almost doing a little bit of an upside down approach. Travis, what's in your mind? Yeah, it's kind of the first time I've drafted a redraft this offseason in your life back. <laughs> yeah. ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 Wow, I, I was just thinking if you added up all the hours of redraft, draft, <laughs> that was a wormhole. I don't want to be stuck in stuck in the upside down. Space. Yeah, stuck in the upside down. Um, I'm going upside down here. I basically <laughs> saw a tear break at the running backs that I was like, I, I wanted to zig a little bit. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't necessarily know if there's a huge tier break, but I did see something I didn't particularly love. I think Diggs is the last guy at wide receiver. 
um, in, before the questions get really, really intense. You know, mm. Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, um, you know, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. I love C.D. Lamb. And I think he smashes, but he belongs at the end of the second where he's going right there, in my opinion, just mm. based on the, what we've seen. We've never really seen him be the number one. Um, and so, like, I, I just went with Diggs. 160 targets back-to-back uh, years. Number one in targets last year. Number five in targets – or, I'm sorry, uh, two years ago, <sighs> number five in the year before. And I just, you know, I thought, well, let's let's try and go. it. And, again, when I got to Keenan Allen at 4-1, I, I'm not really – convinced on gibson just based on some of the things we're seeing out of them and and that team possibly regressing um there's just some things i didn't like so figured i could wait and uh so far i don't like i don't mind the running backs i've gotten i think i never delaire is getting a lot of positive chatter especially like yes. over on reddit where we're saying that now is he's kind of primed in terms of the role in Kansas City, it's a little counterintuitive. They pick up Ronald Jones. It's like, oh, watch out. Ronald Jones is coming. It's like, when has Ronald Jones ever been coming for anyone? <laughs> I you know, said that real... exact same thing last week because the fantasy community hated Ronald Jones last year. And now all of a sudden he's in Kansas City. He's the savior. I so. think the community, fantasy community just hates CEH as well because yeah. a lot of people got duped when he was the number one halfback taken off the board going to the best offense in the NFL. When you still had a DeAndre Swift and a Jonathan Taylor available on the board. We know Patrick Mahomes and CEH are close, and we know that the Chiefs gave Patrick Mahomes some input, and he went with his boy, and he might be regretting that as of now. But you're getting CEH now. We're talking like fourth, fifth round. It's working its way yeah. down. So you're on well, the. Did you? I don't know if you heard the new blur, but he had gallbladder surgery last year, yes. apparently, and was down to 160 pounds. We're talking like almost 40 pounds lost from yeah. a surgery. So yeah. like uh, that's that, a little, that's a little he, heavier than your boy over here. Yeah, he, I, he was <laughs> trying, trying to run through the middle there. And <laughs> makes a lot of sense. He was also, let me see here. Like, Travi, I don't want you to miss your pick. Yeah, there, I go. almost did there, but we're going to go with that. I didn't um, see that. That's that's pretty interesting. He was also banged up his first year, too, they said. And so basically what he was saying in this interview is that he hasn't had a full offseason fully healthy yet. Now, and, a lot of this could be him steaming himself up. We, we, we're going to give him a, the benefit of the doubt here a little bit. But I think the bottom line is, is we keep asking who's going to be the wide receiver to take all these Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tyree Kill vacated targets. I honestly think we could see a situation finally to get CEH in the role that I think he belongs in, which is the pass catching role. I'm fine if he has to cede some work to Ronald Jones early down work. That'll, that's fine. Maybe even a few red zone carries here and there. I do think that CEH is a little bit better in the red zone than he gets credit for. It's on limited touches because they haven't really given him a lot. But um, still, I think CEH, perfect post-hype sleeper. Um, and if the gallbladder thing has, you know, let's say 70, 80% validity, I think that's enough for me to be back in on CEH for one more go. I want to throw one thing out there. His playing weight is between 2 and 210. Right. If he was down to 160, that's like <laughs> that's the most noticeable weight loss ever. And here's my thing. What was the knock on CEH coming out? It's pass blocking. And how are you going to put this guy into block for your $50 million a year quarterback? He can't well, even block his bladder, dude. You're not going <laughs> to put a 160 pound guy out there. So what I'm getting at is they might yeah. know what he is as a player, but there have been mm. limitations as to what they can work with him on to where he's never right. had a chance to even have an off season training to pass block because he weighed 160 pounds. Right, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah. That's a, like an exciting thing too, because CEH, while he did not live up to expectations up until this point, I mean, last year on limited work, you know, dealing with injuries and whatnot on top of it, 
he was still able to average 4.34 yards per carry. He had 500, 500 yards on the ground, you know, and he missed a lot of time. And what that makes me think of is if this dude was playing at a decent level, but was really handicapped based on where he was at physically because of this medical issue, that to me is like, you had to still go out there and do it. And now you're more prepared. It's like, you know what it's like to pass block Mondo linebackers at 160 pounds. Now you're up to 200 again. Like you still hold those fundamentals and those lessons. You're just better now. It almost makes me think we could be, we could be in for an exciting year for CEH if he is healthy. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, that's a great point. Like if you're 160 and you're blocking these guys and you're doing okay, like not great because obviously he was pulled off the field. They weren't using him a lot in the passing game, which is a shame. But now if you're like bigger and you can get it done, maybe oh. you become even better. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, well, we just, know. I'm, we know, we know, I'm sticking with I'm just sticking with the weekly segment where you hate on Lamar Jackson and you hate on CEH. No, <laughs> no. we get it. Yeah, we get and it. We, no, and we my, pipe my up point. Baker. He's a good no, quarterback. My point, my point, no, my point would be the reason why I I'm not even a huge Ronald Jones fan. That's the thing. I've I've never been a huge Ronald Jones fan. I don't think he's that great of a, a running back. However, the system and what we keep it's very similar to San Francisco. What do we know every single year with San Francisco? It's the third running back. That's why I, I think that's why I think Price is such a a smash an auto smash every single draft. At the very end, you should be putting Price on your on your redrafts. Yes, yeah. uh, because he is a really good he, point. He will be the guy. I I, I can almost like I, I want to put money on it on underdog if I can that he will have the most rushing yard. Uh, and you look at same thing with Kansas City. Do you same won't. thing? Yeah. Okay, same thing with Kansas City. <laughs> you look it was it the last 2 years. We've always been like, oh, it's this first guy that we want. It's a CEH, but it it's not. It ends up being the secondary. It's Daryl Williams, it's Damian yeah. Williams. It's and I would bet that this year, which is why I will have a lot more Ronald Jones because I'm going to get Ronald Jones and the 12th 12th round cheaper yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. So it's like, and like johnny again i think that's a fantastic strategy you're right except for the fact that we have had to pay up for kansas city running backs in the past kareem hunt even ceh has been second first third first rounder yeah rookie year in yep. region right. and we're right. getting ceh in the fifth so i you know i i'm with you i think invest in the backfield absolutely but I mean, let me are, ask. We you, are getting you, the cheapest. Uh, Pacheco. Let me let me just let me ask you guys. And, <laughs> and back to San Fran. I actually I think Jeff Wilson's interesting at the end of your dress. Right now, okay. Jeff Wilson's the number two back on that team. Right now, let's just not start a fist fight about it. No fist fight. I'm just saying Jeff Wilson's also an interesting investment. And we can't get any more screens, dude. We've broken too many. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Can't get more fights through the through the stream. But JK, like, who you taking Ceh over of the guys that just went in the fifth round? JK Dobbins. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, well, Kenneth Johnny, Walker. I was at the end of the fifth. I couldn't take all those other guys. No, I know. I'm not at saying... the top of the fifth. That's who I want. That's who uh, I wanted. What no, I'm I saying at the bottom what? of the fifth. Oh wait, never mind. I'm sorry. Wrong way. I'm trying to put this into context. Okay, this is good. Go for it. I'm not saying that you should take Ch over those guys. But what I want to like, is there an argument to be made that Ch should be higher than where he's going? Because that's what, like, yes, he's mm-hmm. a. I'll say that he is a better value than he's been the last couple of years, but. Is it only are you only taking him because now he's a value or are you taking him because you're like, hey, he actually has some upside. I could see him doing. Well, it's both of those things. I mean, it's a combination, right? He does have upside. And I I get some of what you're saying, too, has validity, too, because 
he's probably not going to stay at the end of the fifth by the time we get into July and August. Like yeah, if he stays Reddit. healthy and he goes through the summer and we're like, oh, the 160 pound thing like gains steam. I mean, we know, right? Like Ryan, that's going to, he's going to come up, right? I would imagine so. So I wanted to make that argument. I truly did until I just went and looked at the draft board and I don't running back outside of who was the name I saw that I didn't like Kenneth Walker. I think he should absolutely go ahead of Kenneth Walker, probably ahead of ETN, but these are still fifth and sixth round guys on the board. You got him right. at five twelve, correct? Yeah. yeah. Wide receiver. I don't know. I kind of like every wide receiver that went ahead of him more. You're going to see these quarterbacks and tight ends go ahead of him. No matter what in a standard league, people draft quarterbacks and tight ends early. It's what they do. I don't know that there's room for him to jump up without some sort of injury somewhere. I, I don't know that it, I don't know that he will move up. I, don't, I just don't mm. see it happening. Maybe mid sick or mid fifth rather. I don't think he gets into the fourth round at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. Put your money where your mouth is. My man says freak stomper 49ers fan going back to the TDP and Jeff Wilson comments. Freak stomper says I got 20 bucks. <laughs> That says TDP is not the rushing leader for San Francisco. You won't. He's talking about you, Johnny. What do you say to Freak Stomper? Well, I'm going to be looking into it. That's what I'm well, saying. You got to give him. You're going to have to give him insane odds, brother. Like yeah, he would have like, to bet a dollar to your twenty. That's the reason you make bets like that. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I do. I mean, I haven't. I haven't finished statting out every single team, but I do know that like. That is a major trend that you see. Now, Travis is correct. It could be end up being Jeff Wilson. We've seen when Jeff Wilson does get the rock and he carries it, he can be productive. Technically, I have worse odds because Jeff Wilson has already led this team in rushing. Well, yeah. I'm in the, in the tenure in- of Shanahan. So he's got like six years and then six different leading rushers. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Jeff Wilson's probably got <laughs> worse odds. I, I was yeah. drafting for a part of when you brought up the Niners. Did I miss where? Are we not buying into Eli Mitchell as the man there? Because it seems like San Fran is. Do we just think he's going to get hurt? Like, what am I missing here? Well, I think yeah. – oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's where it's like – for me, it's not that I have less confidence in Elijah Mitchell. I think Eli Mitchell is is really good running back, and I, I think he's the best in that group 100%. Yeah. But because I know that system – and how it's just panned out over and over again. It's like, it's just different players. And so it's like, okay, I'm just going to learn from what's okay. happened the last four years. Well, so it's like betting on Jonathan what... Taylor, not being the running back. Exactly. Because exactly. Is, but we don't think he is one thing I love. And I guess love is not the right word. Um, <laughs> is that we've had this entire two round conversation about the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't think we've mentioned Trey Sermon one time, like wh- how the mighty Jesus. Yes. <laughs> right? so wow. I heard something. I forget what we're talking about. about Ty Davis price. And <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Wilson, and, and Jeff Wilson over Trey Sermon. I actually heard that they drafted Trey Sermon because they believe he'll fit better with Trey Lance. They believed that initially. Interesting. Cause they're both named Trey. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, maybe. I only uh, get along with people. That his running style would, yeah. would fit better with the system that they deploy if Lance was available. So, and if you listen to the post-draft press conference, they mentioned Sermon like he didn't get a good start to last season, like he's still going to get every shot. So I think he's in the mix. And honestly, Trey Sermon's a good bet to lead him in rushing because it's just like the guy you're not thinking about. You know, the guy you're so burned on. I really honestly think it's like something where it's like, okay, for six years, it's been a different running back. And Elijah Mitchell was just that good and stays healthy and is the guy. Yeah. 
Another thing I want to bring this up to the stack. We referenced that point of the number one overall running back seldomly repeating as that number one overall, but I don't think they usually fall off like outside of the RB one status, right? It's like, they're still usually good. They just don't repeat. Is that true about the stat or, or it's almost no repeat. You have to go back an insane amount of years. Right, but so they stay a, wasn't they, like LT. They could be two with very easily. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't LT the last one to do it? Or was it Todd Gurley? Yeah, I think Gurley did. You're right. I think hmm. before Gurley, like there was like a, so I think I'm pretty sure it was like LT did back to back. Then there was a gap. And then it was like uh, Todd Gurley was the first one to do it in a long time. He did back to back. And then, there hasn't been any. so not likely to be back, not likely to be the number one overall, but repeating as an RB one is oh, is possible in that it, camp. It, give me any bet where someone thinks that Jonathan Taylor may not be an RB one because that, yeah. that's just not he'll That'd be, be an RB one after eight weeks. Barring <laughs> right. yeah. health, yeah. No, that's my guy. I'm, I'm a Jonathan Taylor guy through and through. I I he started out as my RB one. My all of my ones outside of wide receiver came out very chalk in my initial run of projections in that they were basically all repeats of last year. But I'm big Justin Jefferson wide receiver one guy this year. So mm, like as the overall, yeah, I, I think I think that team's going to need to lean on him. I think we're seeing a step back from Thielen, and I don't think KJ Osborne's ready to step in and be a true like two at this point it's certainly not a 1b irv smith's coming off of injury now they are and and i think a big telling thing is they're already talking about using dalvin cook more as a wide receiver we hear that on teams that have issues at wide receiver and so i think jjf i think jjf is going to make a run at 180 targets this year pretty easily you add Thielen also anointing justin jefferson not only as the best wide receiver in minnesota but Thielen came out saying the best wide receiver in the nfl his teammate justin jefferson yeah, I mean, you have the extra year of growth over a guy like Jamar Chase. I love Cooper Cup. Do not get me wrong. But let's not forget how insane what Cooper Cup did last year was. Betting on repeating that is a large bet because, I mean, he smashed records like it wasn't close. And then to see that many targets and still catch 70, what, 72 percent of his balls or something like that, which was above his career average. It's just there was a lot there that doesn't play into a Cooper Cup repeat. So that's where I'm leaning at is J. Jeff is, I think, is going to pretty easily lead the NFL in targets. I don't want to say easily because Cup's going to be there with him, but he and Cup are one and one A for me. So mm. I would just throw out on the Cooper Cup side with it that I think it is obviously difficult to replicate such a historic run. I don't see a lot of the variables between Stafford, Cup, and the rest of the team shifting that much. I'm just not threatened that much by Allen Robinson and defenses were cued on to the Stafford Cup dynamic. They tried to stop and it and they weren't do anything ball. with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's where the bigger storyline is, is just that right now and and uh ryan ryan picked him up but i think robinson is an absolute smash yeah, i agree steal yep. right now i think people don't realize what this system does with wide receivers we talked to i mean ryan brought up how bobby trees wasn't really much before he got into the system with sean mcveigh then he was a top 15 wide receiver you had obj come over bobby trees goes down and uh uh, you know, people want to say miraculously OBJ all of a sudden, you know, became a good receiver again. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like to point a little bit more towards Sean McVay and what his system produces. 100%. And I think that Allen Robinson is just people are going to be very upset. They didn't draft him. And like For- to, to Austin's point too, like I, 
I don't, I'm not worried about Robinson for cup because we've had, we've seen this yeah. show already for cup, mm-hmm. like cup right, will be right. the number one. Yeah. And like Van Jefferson is no slouch, but like OBJ was there thriving. Robert Woods was there thriving. Like Robinson can go and get his. The only thing I will say is I think Ryan, you kind of mentioned it. There will be some regression in their passing touchdowns because yeah. they were like, they swung passing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns in it by a huge margin. So we'll mm. see some regression that way and they'll come down a little bit, but you know, I don't, I don't think it'd be by much. Yeah, if Baker stays healthy all year, you're going to see more rushing touchdowns from Akers a little bit. Too. The other thing, and I, I lean on this statistic very heavily when I'm doing my projections, and I brought it up once already, the catch percentage. I, I love Cooper Cup, but he is not a 76 on his career, 76% catch guy. He catches a lot of balls. Do not get me wrong, but it's typically not 70, 76%. If we even see that dip a little bit, that's going to hurt his PPR standing quite a bit as well. So it's mm-hmm. a great point. How do we see the backfield in L.A. shaking out? Johnny had talked about Cam Akers. We had, I'd also heard you mention Daryl Henderson a little bit. It was like, you know, this is you sent out a good tweet the other day, right? About or excuse me, was that Travis? Oh, that was one. me. Yeah. Over yeah. to Travis then. Well, Johnny is uh, well, he just made his pick. But Travis, you had talked a little bit about the Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson dynamic. I think that's a pretty interesting one for a good offense that we really haven't dove into a lot. How do you see that dynamic between Akers and Henderson shaking out? I think Akers was working through a lot of rust coming back as soon as he did from that injury. I think he's the better back. And I think if you're going to interview, you know, inter, uh, invest in one, you should. My point on Twitter was really to say that, like, if you're excited about some of these other handcuffs, you know, if mm. we look in the like, where did he go in this draft? I'm trying to. Uh, he's still on the available. I was, oh, I was looking oh, nice. at. Yeah. So if we like him, him, I was looking at him over Naheem <laughs> Hines, but then I was like, I'm going to go with the smoke of so, the coach saying. Yeah. yeah. So if we like Spiller, if we like Algier, if we like Michael Carter, some of these backs that are here in Naheem Hines, we should really like Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson was an RB one in the games that Cam Akers was not there consistently. And the ones that he played in, like he was averaging about 15 points per game, I think in, in PPR, like he is good. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing about Kyron Williams bringing him in was pass blocking. But like, yeah. you know, like Daryl Henderson, I believe, was top 20 in pass blocking last year. So it's not like Daryl Henderson can't pass block. I mean, this is one of the things that I got kind of a bunch of flack for last year when they brought in Sony Michelle was, oh, it's going to be pass blocking, pass blocking. And then Daryl Henderson was the better pass blocker last year. And he was in their small sample size had previously leading up to that. So, again, I think Daryl Henderson checks in a box is the only one. You know, the only ability he hasn't had a lot of is availability, which is unfortunate. But I, I pretty love big one to, yeah. to <laughs> D, you know? that's every running back ever. Yeah. Um, we know running backs get hurt. Um, you know, it's like, well, you, you've hit the nail on the head for me. And I don't know that I would have taken Henderson here. But first of all, kudos to the four teams ahead of me because they have made this draft absolute <laughs> hell for me. Um, <laughs> But uh, I don't know if I would have taken Henderson, but I'm a Cam Akers doubter. Absolutely. If you look at post injury, it was like 2.6 yards per carry on 75 carries. He did not look good. He did not look good. And he was Marlon Mack was our case study on Achilles injuries. (laughs) Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch for multiple games last year and had 26 carries. If I remember my numbers correctly, Akers came back and did touch the ball more than Mack did. If you're counting the playoffs, which is what I'm doing here, but he didn't look good doing it. I don't think he's going to be this bell. I don't think he has a shot at being a bell cow running back and they're going to go to Henderson first. They, they, you have to keep Matt Stafford happy and upright. And you're not doing that with young running backs at this stage. In his mm-hmm. so. mm-hmm. 
So a little more love for Daryl Henderson, Whisper Nation. Keep him in, keep him in mind. He's a nice value pickup. I remember a couple of years ago when I picked up Daryl Henderson in like the 14th and I dropped him after like week two or three, <laughs> right before Acres like went well, I was down. Say, last year, if you look, every person who believed in Daryl Henderson, and, and there's like there was a statistic about this. Every person who believed in Daryl Henderson and got him early in Scott Fishbowl, and what I mean is early is before the injury. Almost every one of those teams made the Scott Fishbowl playoffs because of oh. what Henderson did for them. So mm. some guys that just end up being like that. And I'm getting ready to take a pick, but I did want to give Whisper Nation a little bit of a heads up after we wrap the final two rounds plus two picks. I make my one here. Uh, we're going to be jumping into our best ball draft. we got a couple of spots that we'll have available on this one, but you can join the panel here in an actual best ball draft. we got real money on the line. The points will count. Uh, I'm going to be making my pick right now here, so I'll, I'll pass it off. Unlike whose line is it anyways, the points will matter. They yeah, matter. Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely matter. While you make your pick, I want to just talk about, I don't know, so many teams taking two quarterbacks, which really, really hurt me. Um, I went in and starred four mm-hmm. quarterbacks and ended up getting the last one that I had started. and was hoping to get him, a, 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 I don't even say a round later, like two rounds later, essentially with Derek Carr. The Deshaun Watson pick right before me, that's exactly mm-hmm. how, is it Smitty? Exactly how I want to build my team is get Deshaun Watson late and get a comfortable guy who I can play behind him. He has Davis Mills, not the best possible player behind him, but that's exactly how, if I'm going late quarterback, that's exactly how I want to build my team. But by far my favorite part of the draft so far, and by that I mean my least favorite part, Mm -hmm. from 8-7 to 9-1 when I desperately needed a quarterback, I instantly regretted taking ARSB over Brandon Cooks. Love both players, would have rather had Brandon Cooks. Sat and watched Brandon Cooks survive 14 picks, but immediately I looked at Pizza Belly's team and I go, he's going to be the one who gets me. And sure enough, he grabs Brandon Cooks and then Bateman on the next pick broke my heart right there. That was that was the thing that was going to make my team my favorite team, and it fell right through my fingers. Ah. Any little tools like we've talked about the psychological tools you can bring into a draft to avoid the panicked sniped afterwards, like I've got tools that I oftentimes forget to utilize and then I'm on the clock freaking out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any ways you approach a draft and and to counter some of those psychological hits that will likely inevitably come down? So it's all about how I use my cue. And I actually want to bring up it's such a good mm-hmm. question to ask about panicking because exact situation I've done. We've talked about this. The hours we've spent on drafting is <laughs> is incalculable. Grotesque. Exact same situation happened today where I was doing a best ball mock draft. And the team one pick ahead of me ended up getting Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And so the elite quarterbacks were falling off the board. And as he was talking about it, I was like, damn, should I take my quarterback now? I never take a quarterback that early. But my first thought was, should I take a quarterback now? And I was like, no. So I grabbed my wide receiver and moved on. And he literally said, I was hoping I could get someone like Ryan to panic and grab a quarterback too early. And I'm like, exactly. And so like even me, I'm subject to it. But the best tool you have at your disposal, and it's about using it differently than most people do, is your draft queue, especially on Sleeper. Oh, I've never heard this. Your draft queue, what you want to use that for is at the beginning of your draft where you know you're taking guys at the top of the board. Every player for the first five rounds is coming from the first 75 players. That's just how drafts go. It's just going to be who do you like more. 
Use your draft queue to start digging through the bottom players, players who may not even end up drafted. And the reason you're doing that is when there's going to be a moment when you get sniped, you need to have quick access to the player you want on your fantasy football team. And so instead of panicking, I just have to go look at my queue, look for the player who's available and take the player that I wanted there the entire time. And so that's how I use my queue is I go and put the late guys in and it's every year. It's Hunter Renfro is one of the first guys I go look for because he's habitually disrespected in fantasy drafts. So I go in and look for the guys who are going to go later and then don't be afraid to take those guys a round or two early to get away from a uh, a tilt situation so like deshaun watson what the first player i add every re- year right now because or every draft right now because his adp is so low he gets forgot about till the 10th 11th round deshaun watson is a top five quarterback obviously there are personal issues with deshaun watson i have my own don't even particularly care for drafting him but i really like winning fantasy leagues and if i can get <laughs> a top five quarterback this late in the draft I'm going to do it plain and simple. So I go in and I add those guys, guys who I like as handcuffs, Isaiah Spiller, Alexander Madison, that you kind of want on your team at the end of the draft, but you don't know where their ADP is going to fall. That's my, that's my tilt protection is I just, I have my queue. If one of my guys gets taken, I go to my queue and grab one of those guys. So Ryan, those are great points. Great to reiterate that tactic too. I have, I, you say it so succinctly and it's such a good way to bring it out. Cause you get to those moments, you're kind of chilling. You're just like looking through, start getting that cue going yep. folks. Mm-hmm. But late guys, never early guys. The early guys are on the top of the ADP already. You don't have to worry about them. Go find exactly. the diamonds in the rough early. So Travis says he's old, but everybody else, what do you think about Velas? Velas Jones? I'm assuming over from Chicago. Yeah. He has like a 23 year old rookie coming in. He's a little bit, a uh, little bit on the older side for the incoming class. But what do you think about Velas Jones? I mean, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit slower. It's the Bears. They're not any good. What should we be excited about for Velas Jones? The Bears not being good is your first key point because I just want to throw a name out and I'm not comparing the two. Too old, too slow was exactly the knock on Calvin Ridley coming into the NFL draft. Uh, this was the exact same things they were saying about him. Well, My like, only worry is I, I've heard a lot of rumblings. They want Byron, Byron Pringle to be the second target there. And mm-hmm. so I'm worried Velas as a rookie isn't going to have a ton of opportunity. Rookie wide receivers typically take time. We got spoiled with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. It's not like that for every rookie wide receiver. I don't think it's as good of an opportunity as we kind of thought Chicago was pre-draft. Um, but the old and slow thing doesn't worry me one bit. So, doesn't well, well, I don't. Know. I don't want to. He's not slow exactly. He ran a four through one. He is fast. Oh my god! Oh, did okay. he? I yeah. thought it was like a four six. No, he is four, fast. Six, four, I don't want to don't besmirch the main name. Too. Well, that's my, bad. Like, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Sorry, Velas. Um, but he's a fast old guy, kind of like yeah. John Jackson or something. He, the, <laughs> so that we're comparing a 23-year-old rookie to what? John Jackson's 33 right. years old and has the knees of an 80-year-old man. But that's I like the a lot more <laughs> I mean, the, where I kind of pivoted off of him was when uh, I watched an interview because they've been kind of the Bears have been kind of hush hush with the type mm-hmm. of offense that they want to run. Um, they've talked about like the coach. They don't know. No, well, <laughs> they do. They do. They're still uh, trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, maybe maybe that could be it. But uh, so they came at they they did an interview or a head coach did an interview with um, uh, one of the bigger networks and he talked about how one of their main coaching uh, staff pit picks actually was from the 49ers uh, coaching tree. 
And so that's what they're trying to implement is the 49ers, you know, uh, zone run scheme for the Bears. Now, the reason why I think that's very interesting is one because it actually really solidifies uh Mooney for me and yeah. that mm -hmm. offense. I think now he could potentially really see what his ceiling could be because of how they could scheme him open. But and the same point um it made me tape take a step back on because i was like okay well they brought in pringle that number two wide receiver generally doesn't get a whole lot of action uh with a competent quarterback yeah and now you're asking fields to do it and i'm not saying fields can't do it i think this is the right system i was salivating and hoping that the san francisco well hoping from a fantasy standpoint that the San Francisco 49ers drafted fields. I didn't like it as a Cardinal standpoint. I was like, yeah, take, take Lance please over, over fields. I rather see Lance uh, a couple of times a year, but I do think that's the right system for Fields. So I do think it will be intriguing, but for me, I'm just solely more focused on like Mooney, the running backs. And Cole I do Komet. think fields. Yeah. And Cole Komet. I, the I, guy, I think if we're looking people outside of Darnell Mooney, I think it's Cole Komet because that guy yardage wise is in for touchdown regression. And um, I just, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not as confident that Justin Fields can command a bunch of different targets right now. So mm. I am a notorious Cole Komet hater. Um, the entire club fantasy team is my biggest issue with Cole Komet. My biggest issue. I don't even care about the touchdown thing. He needs to score touchdowns and you don't expect zero ever, let alone again. You are instituting a Green Bay-esque offense that has never thrown to a single tight end in like five years more than 70 times or something like that. And if you just look at the last two years, which would have been the time that their coach was there, nobody got over, I think, 65 targets. It's not mm. a tight end friendly system That's unless they score touchdowns. So if Komet's going to do Robert Tunyon-esque touchdowns, well, then I'm all for it. I'm also not betting on that. So. Yeah. I like well, that. we are That's going to be that. doing some betting here with you, Whisper <laughs> Nation, in our best ball draft coming up. Now, we're only going to have two spots open in this one. So they're going to go, we expect, fairly quickly. And Johnny is going to get that link shared uh, amongst the uh, community here. Johnny, where are you going to be dropping that link? I can drop uh, it right here on the yeah. chat. We'll just drop, drop in the chat. Yeah. I did want to. Before I do, because there's only the two spots, Austin. What yeah. If we had Ryan, tell us maybe a couple of his favorite teams here. That's exactly what I wanted to get. And I, I had a favorite of my own in case he needed a moment to think about it. If well, you John have your pick, go ahead. Yeah, let me uh, scan through here a little bit. I'll, I'll do that one. Uh, my favorite team on this one is Easy Daddies, actually. I it, The team scares me, but I love the ceiling, and I'm always swinging for upside on this one. So he takes Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle as his one, two, three wide receivers that I all view as high upside plays. This is a PPR format. One more over to the right, Johnny. Easy daddies. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. And so I love the PPR format, the, the, the target hogs and cup and Waddle. That's going to float them a lot. And then Debo Samuel is just so explosive. Yeah. He needs to come back. A lot of things need to happen, but it's likely that a good chance many of those things do come together love the upside he brings there and then so you don't take a running back until the fourth round but you get josh jacobs later on kareem hunt which i think serves you pretty well given how strong your top three wide receivers are uh, and then devin singletary and ramondre stevenson i i like those as bench options with mike williams then as a bench option for you at wide receiver another huge ceiling play he keeps the upside theme rolling with jalen hurts 
and Aaron Rodgers as his two quarterbacks, especially on the Jalen Hurts side. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers loses his best weapon, but it's a back-to-back MVP. I think he'll be at least serviceable <laughs> for you. And then, you know, MVS goes and joins Kansas City. You're not starting him, but hey, you might be in a good matchup. Some injuries might occur, and he's glad you're on your team. Um, Najoku, I think, is going to rise ADP-wise as the season goes on. He just signed that big deal, and he's a really talented former first-round pick. Doesn't have to deal with Austin Hooper over there, nor OBJ, nor Jarvis Landry. So it's a totally fresh face in Cleveland. And uh, yeah, and then Williams and Ingram down there, a couple of nice stashes. I just think this is a balanced team with a really high ceiling with also a pretty high floor. It's diverse. It works well in the format. Way to go, Easy Daddy. Yeah, uh, looking it over, um, I've already complimented a lot of his draft strategy at this point, but uh, Smitty's to two uh, with Najee Harris at the two. I like Najee Harris a lot. I would have been taking McCaffrey. I, I probably would have had his team the best in the entire draft if he had McCaffrey instead of Najee, but I like Najee. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb and Terry McLaurin, and then adding Brees Hall with the second running back. But more importantly, because you don't know quite what you're getting out of Brees Hall, we talked about Eli Mitchell, and now he has Eli Mitchell, at least for the first five weeks. It's Eli Mitchell who's going to be the guy in San Francisco, and then you can kind of see what you have in Brees Hall because I have ended up with Brees Hall on quite a few dynasty teams and I'm still leaving him on my practice squad just to kind of see how things shake out with the Jets before I lift him off of that taxi but then I love Eli Moore I think if Eli Moore ends up playing slot wide receiver for the Jets he is going to have a massive season this year I just really think it's Mm. a spot where he can succeed and I think that's what they want because I think they're going to want Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis on the outside and then Jamison Williams is a speed freak the only thing I guess I would argue with we've already talked about I like what he did at quarter quarterback Deshaun Watson Davis Mills so if Watson can't go hopefully it's just for a few games for your fantasy team and then Mills is going to be able to go in there and play he's a pretty serviceable player tight end worries me a little bit because of the touchdown dependency touchdowns are already the hardest thing to predict in fantasy football and now you have two guys that you're going to try to interchange and decide which one's going to score the touchdown this week so that worries me a little bit and that would bring me all the way over to it was Albert and Big Sam both put together very good teams um my only concern with what was it on Albert's team? I, I wouldn't have drafted a second quarterback, but I love every other bit of this team. Landing McCaffrey at one five, Travis Etienne, James Cook, Tyler Algier. You have a lot of options at your RB two with a great RB one. You have my tight end one in Mark Andrews, and then you have every great big bodied wide receiver: Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, Rashad Bateman, Mooney for a little bit of speed. Such yeah. a great wide receiving core. Um, I would not have added Lawrence or Komet just to build more running back depth. I would have just loaded up on running backs because of how solid you were at wide receiver already. And then uh, Big Sam, I like the fact that he was able to wait so long to get Kyler Murray. Very good team ahead of that, landing Michael Thomas as a wide receiver three when he has wide receiver one potential. And James Robinson, I actually just had um, Heath Cummings on our show uh, last two weeks ago, and we had a big debate on James Robinson, and it's where he's going right now. He's a value, plain and simple. If you can get him this late and he doesn't play, it's no sweat. Like you're going to cut him. You're going to move on. He wasn't this big investment. But if he comes in and he's the touchdown vulture and ends up with six to eight touchdowns and 125, 150 carries, you're ecstatic. You got James Robinson right there. Mm-hmm. So very, very well put together team there as well. I'm a big James Robinson fan and I just love his story and I love how good of a running back he has been when he's been able to play. And I just want to see him prove so many people wrong. 
And I want to see him. I, I want to see him mess up Travis Etienne. If I'm totally honest, like, and I'm good with that because I even said I don't want it to come out that I'm like a James Robinson hater. I adore it. I was a John, James Robinson hater last year. I was like, he's not going to get 85 percent of the carries, and he didn't get that, but he damn well should have because he was the best back on that team. I am not a James Robinson hater. I am a Achilles issue hater, right. and I'm right. not messing around with those. It's. So. I love that point. I love that point on. James Robinson, if you can get him that late, then it's a great pickup on that. Uh, and I also love that we're picking up right now in the best ball draft. We are live, Whisper Nation. We are rocking and rolling. We've got Big Travi in the one spot. Uh, who's football? Who is that in the two? Must uh, be you. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. That's me. Uh, I'm, no, you're, <laughs> no, you're, you're on, on the, the clock. You are, you're Johnny Game Time. Seconds. Damn it. You're Johnny Game Time. No, I know. No, I was saying, yeah, I know. I was Johnny. That is, no, that is your name. I meant to You're go Johnny. No, I was saying that I was on the clock, and then I I wanted to go with Justin Jefferson. Want to go with Justin Jefferson because uh, Ryan over here hyping him up. I got excited, yeah. and then I end up selecting Cooper Cup. Hey, it happened. Oh my oh, god! Wow. I am I am literally stacking. There Cup. goes there goes my team from being ultimate stack right there. And, I am like literally sexually aroused after pulling Jamar Chase and Derrick Henry in this same draft right here. It's just like the appeal is so high for me. I'm not going to stand up right now so you can see my lower half. I am just like, I am so, yes, yes. That's right, Johnny. Feel that pain of my awesome picks coming no, in. I'm not, I'm, I'm mad. Feel them. I want a Najee. I want a Najee as my, in my second round, but he got sniped from me one pick before. Uh, well, Whisper Nation, we love that you're joining us here, specifically Football and Smitty Tatao, friends of the show, competitors now in our best ball tournament. We oh, do this yeah. every Monday, Whisper Nation, and we use Underdog because it's the shit, and you can enter and join uh, Best Underdog Fantasy using the promo code TFW. It gets you up to $100 of matched money, so you put in 50 bucks, it gives you 50 for free. You put in 95 it gives you 95 for free all the way up to $100, and then you can come and join our best ball drafts. They're 3 to $5 every week. We're going to have like 20-something of these by the time the season actually starts, <laughs> and it's just going to be really fun to watch how all of the weeks end up shaking out when we have as many leagues that we're in. And Underdog does a super cool job of showing you all of the different leagues that you're in. Best ball-wise, it gives you a breakdown on which players, like how many leagues do you have uh jamar chasen not enough but i got him here so woo! it gives you a ch example of those as you keep it going so have some fun with them whisper nation join us next week uh get ahead of the game by downloading underdog fantasy today and then we have a few spots available you'll be able to snag one of those we do them after the sleeper draft on mondays there you go and i'm coming up on the clock after travis makes his pick who are you taking travi who are you taking I'm not, I'm on the other side of the draft. Ah, shoot. Fantasy five. I, <laughs> I didn't feel like reading. Okay. We were, we were like next to each other in the sleeper draft. I think that's why you thought I was, mm, I was I looking at Aaron Jones. Yeah. I, I, we've talked about this, um, everywhere. I think just about anybody, but I think Aaron Jones could be a very big benefactor of the loss of wide receiver. Um, a few years back for the fantasy footballers, uh, Kyle Bargnoni, their uh, lead editor over there did a study where vacated targets 
gravitate towards the running back position and you're dealing with the largest vacated target that you could possibly have in football mm-hmm. in Devonte adams and aaron jones is we, we've debated who's the best wide receiver on that team it's aaron jones it's plainly and simply aaron jones and that's why i still love aj Dillon. i think you're going to see aaron jones shift out to the slot quite a bit and aj Dillon's going to be kind of the sole running back and i think it's going to be actually a pretty fun offense to watch mm. mm-hmm. it's going to be like really step into that alvin kamara type of situation 100 i think that's what we're going to see out of aaron jones so yep i think it's gonna be pretty good too i'm pretty much looking forward to that um do you think what do you see really quickly on the aj Dillon aaron jones running dynamic do you see aj Dillon edge and jones and carries vice versa even split when I did my projections, I put Dylan. Um, so I have them running the ball 462 times, which is 16 more times than last year, because I think you have to commit to the run at this point with your best two players being running backs. So I have the split being 209 to AJ Dylan, 153 to Aaron Jones. So very close, but I have Aaron Jones doubling him up in passing targets. Mm. So. Okay, so Aaron Jones, you still expect to have more production by a decent margin there because of the pass catching, but A.J. Dillon is going to be used on the ground the most he has been in his NFL career thus far. Yes, quite a bit. All right. All right. Yeah, and what I like about A.J. Dillon is he's not a zero in the passing game either. No, and that was shocking to look into his numbers last year. That was very interesting. He didn't do it at all at Boston College, and then he came to the NFL, and he was actually very, you know, very efficient as a pass catcher last year. Smitty. We are not friends right now. Uh, are you getting sniped again? Oh, Javonta Williams. I was just sitting here salivating right now. So. I love him as a best ball pick. Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, he's mm. really good best ball pick. Smitty. All right. What do you think? Do you think how does how about that running back breakdown, Ryan? We have we just talked about AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones last year, notoriously pretty close. Melvin yeah. Gordon, Javante Williams. We all thought Gordon was gone. Gordon is back, baby. And they asked Javante Williams just recently how they thought the running back dynamic was going to go this year. And he said pretty much the same as last year. That was what Javante Williams says. Oh, Austin, you're recently? on the clock right now, dude. Oh shit. You have three <laughs> seconds. Uh. I hope you have somebody ready. I missed my pick. It said, "Oh, damn it!" Give you some time. Hopefully, hopefully, one use Ryan's strategy about the new man. We just had this discussion. He said after the seventh round. He also in sleeper. He's uh, yeah. It's a little bit harder in this because the auto pick will automatically autopilot your guy, and if you do my strategy, you can end up with a very bad. Yeah, that's true. Especially when it's you know a six. If it makes you feel any better, you sniped me twice. So (laughs) it does. But um, so here's the thing. I am notoriously high on Javonta Williams, and I'm probably going to need to go back and look at it because the 50-50 split last year was ridiculous. I have taken it to probably a 66-34 split. So I have Williams at 232 carries. Mm. And the long and short of it for me is Javonta Williams comped very well to Jonathan Taylor coming out last year. And I don't think you can deny that talent. I think you want Javonta Williams on the field. I understand Melvin Gordon is good. He's not Javonta Williams good. And I think Williams is just going to be forced to play. So I have them at 232 to 137. It probably needs to be skewed down a little bit, but it's going to be very hard for me to do so just because I truly, truly believe in Javonta Williams, the player. I think that's a really, you're you're bringing a little clarity and I'm getting the goosebumps (laughs) that they're popping up on this one, because I think you're speaking some truth on this. And we saw that one, a one B role last year, sit pretty close 
Javante Williams showing what he could do when Gordon was out, you know, like 20 points plus that leaves everyone salivating, especially if you got him in your dynasty team. Gordon, though, was good, right? Like they were both RB2s. They were both metric wise, top level metrics, deeper metrics, both strong. But Javante Williams was special. You know, when he was talking about how elusive he was, how shifty he ran. And he's coming into his second year. Broken tackles. Yes, Travis. And so to know how much running backs oftentimes develop going into their second year and what Melvin Gordon's like 28, 29 as well. I think he's going to be fine. But given a guy in Javante Williams who was as special as he was last year, now with another year of development under his belt, I I think I'm I'm with Ryan on this one. You know what's uh, interesting that's coming out? Actually, Ryan, one of your colleagues over at Football Guys, um, uh, Cecil Lammy was talking about the yeah. on the Audible last week, was saying they've been throwing a lot to the backs in practice, mm-hmm. and Javante mm-hmm. Williams is the only back really there out of the two because Melvin Gordon isn't at OTAs right now. There is a little bit of a shower na- narrative with Melvin Gordon because he played and was at Wisconsin with Russell Wilson. So there is yeah. like he it was his dream to play back with him. But Shit. again, if Javante Williams is going to be the pass catcher, the primary pass catcher, <laughs> and they're finally letting Russ throw to the pass catcher, which you would make the argument that running quarterbacks don't target their running uh, running quarterbacks don't target their running backs quite a bit, but. Russ doesn't run as much anymore. I say I actually tried to prove that in an article once. It's very hard to prove. It's yeah. it's not as it's, it's not as true as dry. it's accepted. Yeah. Yes. So. So, but I, I just think that if if the offense takes a step, both backs will be even better, and they were already mm-hmm. really good on a bad team. And, and that and that's a very good point. And that's the other thing is so you have two factors in play here. You have a new coach. So again, I am a follow the system. So again, I'm projecting mm-hmm. a Green Bay esque system, which is pr- primarily one runner, one pass catcher. So I could be very wrong, and you could end up seeing Gordon as a primary runner, and then Williams as a primary pass catcher, which is still great for his fantasy, like very good for his fantasy. Um, but the other thing is, I think they're going to throw more this year because they have competent quarterback play. So mm-hmm. Last year, they were even split at 203-203. That's 406 rushes between the two of them. I don't know that they're going to need to run the ball that much, and you have Russell Wilson stealing at least 40 to 50 of those carries at this point. So, What's up, Ron, coming in late here? What's funny is he said, tee up, people. I thought he was saying, like, get more testosterone. Tee up. Yeah. Tee up. More tea, guys. More tea in it, dude. Quit being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> tee up, people. If you believe in Javante Williams, you should take it. Yeah. In other words, tee up, baby. Coward, right? Like, he's like, hey, go after it. I love it. I, lo- I, I love just, that. He was just so excited. He forgot the first three letters. What up, people? There we Damn go. Damn it. Okay. I should have. I was. I, I should have just got in the quarter. I. Knew there was a quarterback run coming. <laughs> I should have just jumped in. Austin, you're timing out again, brother. And I love doing that. It just gives a little bit more spicy. <laughs> we Ooh, Mark, we, I like we appreciate the donation. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I actually really Austin, like Amari Cooper. No, it's doing well with your auto picks. Austin's yeah. like out here. He's hustling. He's he's hosting. He's kicking fire-ass questions to us. So mm-hmm. we'll give him a little bit of a break. I mean, it won't get yeah. him any points. But I'll give him a little bit of some praise. Right I wish here. Underdog would, man. Give me a freaking break here. I'm I'm just glad that I'm not going to be betting on any more basketball games. That's the break that I'm, I'm finding myself on this one. I got to have money to keep putting into our best. You have games. a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the perfect segue. I know. Uh, what's funny is I took, I took all of my winnings from Underdog last year and bet Super Bowl props, and I was almost waiting for them to like pop up and be like, are you sure about this? <laughs> 
Are you sure? It's like when you're, it's like how the ATM should have a warning sign yeah. that pops up. If you're ever buying, if you're ever trying to get more than $20, actually, fuck it. if you're trying to get any money at all between the hours of 2.30 and 4.30 a.m., there should, that thing should hit you like you are a Texas abortion doctor, ask you to run a question. What do you really need this money for? Are you sure? Have you consulted your, your priest about it this did, first? It did do that in, in Mexico to me uh, when I was trying to get uh, well, you pulled the ATM. money out of the ATM Yeah, it did, it did stop. So I will say <laughs> it did somewhat do its job there in Mexico. Oh, so. I remember who you followed to that ATM, yeah, and I remember where we were yeah, at. You shouldn't have done that, dude. No, I, I, I shouldn't have. You're right, I'm so man. glad you're still with us. I say, like, while we're hey. telling just completely inappropriate stories, one of my <laughs> one of my good friends' shamefulest moments that I contributed in, we went to a gentleman's club one night for someone's like early 20s birthday, and his cousin like yanks me to the side, and he's like, whatever you do, do not let him go to the ATM. Like Whatever <laughs> he has on him is what he's spending. Don't let him go to the ATM. I was like, all right, cool. We get there about 20 minutes in. He's like, hey, do you know where the ATM is? I was like, yeah, I'll walk you. And just like immediately walked out. <laughs> right? like, oh, yeah, I know. Let's have a good time. That's I know great. exactly. It's, it's like when I tell myself I'm not going to draft any New England running back because I finally learned my lesson. And yep. I've got three of them. And then you reward yourself by drafting New England's running back. Right. Good I did. And yeah. oh my God, how is Ramondre still available? Give him to me. Yes, I'll take him. Steal. Yeah, exactly. All right. Just like getting my tongue ready here. Uh, what do you think about Miles Sanders, Ryan? I think he's completely underrated right now. I mean, I, I don't it. see a situation where he's not the RB one there. I understand everybody likes to love on Gainwell and this, that, and the other, but I think they're just going to lean right back on Sanders as long as he's healthy. I think we're talking about Colt Komet. Positive touchdown regression has oh, to yeah, touch Miles Sanders as well. Right? So, oh my goodness. Um, That's the biggest thing for me is like, I'm like, he's definitely going to fall into the end zone at least one time this year. So automatically it's going to be a better value than what exactly uh, so i think he's probably an rb2 with very decent upside if they'll throw him the ball more and that is certainly not how he's being drafted right now so. and the eagles found out how to run the ball at the end of the year i mean boston scott jordan howard um i just wish um, they would have let boston scott or i mean, obviously they're not letting kenny gainwell go i think did they tender boston scott or that might have been the year before but regardless i would rather boston scott wasn't there because he is I the agree. jd mckissick thorn in the side of miles sanders right now like yeah. just let this guy go and let it just be a two-back committee because jordan howard do they just love to bring back and he just love to let him vulture four touchdowns a year and that's annoying so yeah that was jordan howard they- I just think the Eagles are underrated in general right now in fantasy because Jalen Hurts is going later than I think he will by the end of the summer. Um, I think AJ Brown got a huge negative bump down when they, when they uh, traded for him. And it's like, they're acting like Tennessee wasn't a run heavy squad. Like, and here's the deal. Philly opened the year as a pass heavy squad. Remember we were saying they were throwing a ton through the first month. The problem was is Hurts didn't have a ton of weapons. You get AJ Brown in there. If he stays healthy, you got Devonta Smith and Goddard. I think that's the right tandem to go ahead and pass at least more than they did last year. And then Sanders to be a touchdown guy in the end zone. Like, yes, Hertz had 10 rushing touchdowns. You'll have to worry about that a little bit, but he's going to have more than zero, as Ryan said. And I also think Gainwell is a great investment, too, at the end of drafts, because if something happens to Sanders, not that Gainwell is this, you showed great, you know, last year. He didn't too, you know, he didn't show too 
special yeah. of traits, but I think he's going to be good enough to, you know, be a good handcuff. And that's the thing is like Gainwell was targeted 50 times last year and that you would expect that to be more Miles Sanders. And so I'm expecting right. the split for receiving to lean back towards Miles Sanders. And then, like I said, you have Jordan Howard vulturing three touchdowns, Boston Scott, who is more of a like gadget change of pace with seven rushing touchdowns on 87 yeah. carries. These are Miles Sanders touchdowns that he's just yeah. waiting to get back. So is that, I want to ask Ryan, is there any concern? Cause I know like we have talked about how, you know, people are a little bit more afraid of uh, AJ Brown going with Hertz, you know, the run system. Now I, I like the, the, you know, how, even they are uh, as far as they both running a lot. We, I do understand that point and I'm, I'm with that point. My question is, is when you look at the targets, uh, hey John, you're on the clock. Yeah. I'm trying to, um, you when you look at the, huh? You're trying to do two things. I got, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought you were trying to yeah. purposely distract him right now. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. I was like trying to distract myself, honestly. Okay. No, uh, so what my question is, so the biggest, the, the biggest thing is that, um, we talk about the quarterback is, you know, the situation. Yeah. Where my concern, where my personal concern, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this there are more weapons around Hertz right now. You've got Smith who, you know, there really wasn't a secondary receiver once Corey uh, in, in, I mean, you could even say yeah. that Corey wasn't even a, a true secondary wide receiver there for him. So now he's stepping into where he has a tight end and Goddard. He's got a, an, a running mate and Smith on the opposite. They do still uh, like the, um, uh, I was, it's uh Austin, your guy uh, that sits there in the slot. I, I, Quez Watkins. Name, uh, yeah, Watkins. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, and so, is there any concern for you? What I'm trying to get at is, is there any concern for you that AJ Brown will actually his value will go down because there's just more weapons and Hertz will could potentially spread the ball around, or do you think it's actually no? He'll probably be more targeted now, and he'll have a better opportunity because now there are other people on the field that. Uh, teams have to look out for more targeted is a fun thing to talk about with AJ Brown because of the fact that he has never really completed a season more right. targeted is just 107 targets. <laughs> so it's right. not, it's not an enormous, but if you go based on target share, I actually yeah. think it's going to shake out in Philly quite well. I think they're going to pass the ball about 50 more times, which is going to bring them up towards Tennessee's level. So do I think there's a step back in value? Absolutely. I am the lowest rated football guys ranker on AJ Brown. I have him at wide receiver 24, all because of touchdowns. He scored the touchdowns in Tennessee that I'm not 100% sure he is going to score in Philadelphia because I do believe in Miles Sanders' positive regression. I do believe in Jalen Hurts keeping his rushing share. I do believe in Dallas Goddard getting his. And Devonta Smith, he's going to be butt naked in coverage, especially in NFC East games because A.J. Brown's the focus and none of the NFC East have two corners to cover anybody. I mean, Dallas can't cover anybody. Trayvon Diggs is simultaneously the best and worst corner in the entire <laughs> NFL. And so it's just going to be I, the Dallas Philadelphia games are going to be amazing to watch this year. So my biggest concern is touchdowns because in those limited periods of time, we have eight, 11 and five touchdowns, six to seven touchdowns might be his first year mm -hmm. ceiling in Philadelphia. So that's where I see the step back in value. I actually think the targets stay exactly the same. So. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
that. Appreciate that. Ron disagrees. I got to make my last pick I, on this. I'm with one. Ron. I, and it's no offense. Like, I, I get no. what Ryan's doing. Oh, it's got, like, you got to be <laughs> I was going to say, first and foremost, <laughs> disagreeing with me is never an offense. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think you don't go and trade for AJ Brown to not make him the number one and feature him. And they're trying to see what they have out of, awesome, out like, of Hurts. Like, they're trying to, like, they wanted to be pass heavy last year. And Ronald right. actually pointed that out last year, too. Like, what so do you I, say? I've never been a throw, heavy team. And I understand the situation is a tiny bit different, but it's only a tiny bit. Everyone in the world made this exact same argument last year. I'm just going to throw a different name at you. You don't go and trade for Julio Jones if you're not going to okay. pass the ball more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. okay. but, uh, the problem with Julio Jones is, one, he wasn't healthy, and two, he had A.J. Brown on his team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, he, was, he wasn't healthy the day they signed him. Yeah, right. so there is I, – I agree. It's not the same situation, but I just love that you said it because I'm like, do you know how many times we heard this exact thing last year? The common denominator here yeah, is actually, though, in fact – we also AJ heard Brown. we yeah. also heard it before Stefan Diggs to Buffalo and we heard it before DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. And so we've heard it in times that it actually does where it's worked out. very yeah. well. And when you in- when you trade for alphas, we've actually seen that it works out well. Now Julio is an exception because he got traded way past his prime, in my opinion. Um, and so I think that's kind of where you're at with AJ well, Brown. Now the health will be the only DeAndre thing Hopkins, I think for AJ Brown. I say DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit of a case study though, because DeAndre Hopkins went into a situation where they love to spread them all around yeah Yeah, and they love to spread it and so we don't know that they're not going to do that now in philadelphia because devonta smith is legit like he is legit and then dallas goddard is a favorite uh, in this offense so it's going to be interesting it'll be interesting what they do with aj like if they keep him like tennessee did where it's closer to the line of scrimmage sometimes like he can do both but devonta smith was their deep threat last year a Mm -hmm. lot of times so because he was the only one catching balls for them so i actually think you know, depending on how you mix that out, it could. Be, I think both are going to be fine. If if this team isn't bottom two in pass attempts like they were last year, precisely, then we're and, and gonna, I don't I think, think we're going to get regression. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have gone ahead and touched all the rounds of our best ball draft here, boys. Boom. We got who, Johnny? Who is our least lowest projected team, and then who is our highest projected team? Probably. Uh, I might be lowest. Yeah, Ryan. They they don't. They don't like uh, Ryan's draft here. Apparently, it was probably we do. well. I think it's probably because he only drafted two quarterbacks. Yep, and that's two quarterbacks, generally... two tight ends. Yeah, I knew what I was doing though. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> what were you doing, Ryan? Yeah. Um, yeah. I go stud at these two positions, um, making sure they don't have the same bye weeks. And Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow are two top five quarterbacks for me, and I managed to get my number one and number two tight end, even in opposite order, because I took Kelsey first, thinking I would more than likely get yeah, Andrews, are... and it worked exactly how it did. Mm. So I'm very happy. Yeah, with these are really. Really nice. Make sure they're not on the same bye week, folks. If you're going to go twosies. So I go into these best ball drafts with, so you're going to draft 18 players. I go in with five spots given away to my quarterback and tight end. I plan on going three at one, two at the other. That's how I go into it every single time. And then 13 spots to my running backs and wide receivers. And the draft will dictate how I split those spots up. Mm. If I can land double studs in a draft like this, I will only give four and then just give more spots to the running backs and wide receivers. Wide receivers should take precedent because you start three of those plus a flex in these best balls. So mm. I love Good that. strategy. I love Good that. Mind. Johnny, who was projected at our highest finish? Football. Football. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's got Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, 
JT, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Cam and he Akers. did the double stud tight end strategy yeah. as well. So. Mm. Waller, Kittle. Although I don't think Waller's going to be a stud tight end this year. I, he's going to be the most interesting one because you obviously have the target regression. I've convinced myself that all three of those guys there, because I'm a huge Hunter Renfro guy, are going oh, to hit yeah. over 100 targets again. They're they're very it's there for it to happen. Um, though I just noticed I have way too many targets given to them in my projections, so I got to fix that a little bit. But anyway, uh, those apparently are going to come from Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, then how? Well, then let me ask you how how high do you have uh, Derek Carr then? Because if Derek if you have all of them getting a lot of pass catches and Derek it's, Carr's got to be up there for you, right? So up there is a relative term. He is my QB 15 because all quarterbacks damn near score the same amount of points. So at mm. QB 15, he is still within 20 points of the QB 12, which is barely a point per game. So he's very close there, but it's the Ben Roethlisberger theory um, from two years ago when it was Claypool, um, yeah. Deontay and Juju were all top, 24 wide receivers, but Johnson or uh, Roethlisberger was outside of the top 15. I, I think that's something we could easily see happen in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the other, I don't want to call it an issue, but the other issue there is Josh McDaniels is going to run a very New England offense. If you ever have me on a show, you're just going to hear me compare new coaches to their old offenses. Mm-hmm. I love every bit of this for Josh Jacobs. I think this is going to be a monster year for Josh Jacobs. I think we're going to finally see good touchdown scoring out of him. So I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy. There's no incentive not to run him into the ground this year because they're not bringing him back next year. Well, I mean, I guess that's the dichotomy we've got to ask, Ryan. Like, is it going to be more of the run heavy throw to the backs New England style offense, or is it going to be like three guys getting a hundred targets? Like, you know what I mean? Cause that's my question. I don't think it can all, I don't think the three wide receivers can go. I mean, maybe in that division, who knows? But I don't, I don't think the three wide receivers can go and the back. So it's either like Waller could be the odd man out because they end up throwing to the backs more. 100%. Um, I did not project heavy targets to the backs. I mean, I still gave them, let's see, what did I give them? I mean, I guess I did. I gave them 111 backs targets to the back. Uh, New England threw it to the back 110 times last year. New England threw the ball to the t- tight end 120 times last year. I have them at 136, but I'm still giving Foster Moreau some targets. The guy mm-hmm. demands to be on the field. He's that good of a football player that it's not, they're not just going to strictly lean on Darren Waller. Um, well, I guess yeah. the problem is, things, right? yeah. And the problem is though, there's no one running back on this team that's James White. And so I just don't know that you're going to see a 70 target back. Drake could be a 50 target guy. And then they brought in Brandon Bolden. Yeah, from I was just New say, England, Brandon so. Bolden, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I just wish they hadn't brought in Brandon Bolin and Amir Abdullah and then drafted, uh, what is it, Zamir White? Zamir White. So much. Zamir White's down the road, man. Keep an eye on him. Oh, that's what I've been telling everybody. If you can get Zamir White at the end of your rookie draft and stash him on a taxi squad, and I know he's not going to the end, but I'm even saying late third round, Zamir White is likely the starting running back in Las Vegas next year. And if you want a real big brain pick, if you play in a keeper league, where round values matter. Zamir mm. White is not getting drafted. Draft him with the 15th pick, stash him on the bottom of your bench, and if he's going to cost you a 14th round pick next year, if it goes one round up, you just got the starting running back for the Las Vegas Raiders for a 14th round pick. Zamir White was the number one halfback yep. coming out of high school. He's a five-star recruit. He tore both ACLs in Georgia, yep. so he wasn't as active, but he beat out a lot of guys. Who did he beat out? Jared Cook? Who else? He like... This dude was the dude leading yeah. the the Georgia Bulldogs, and he came in as the highest recruit, and he's took a stash back because of ACLs. But I don't care about ACLs in today's with today's modern medicine and everything. Like I think he's going to be not, just fine. 
It's not the issue in today's game that it once was, but we all still pretend it is, is the big thing. Well, like the thing is, is there's the buffer period, right? He's going to, he needs some time away from it. Now this is probably the time away that he's needed. The one thing I'll say about Kenyon Drake is they asked him to take a pay cut and he did to stick around. He's that sneaky guy that I think is like, could end up being like the Rex Burkhead or whatever. And he's getting no respect in drafts right now. No, No, but I'm literally Jacob's love. I don't think that like, that's not getting talked enough either. Oh, they didn't pick up his fifth year option they're gonna just run the shit out of them like yeah yeah that's a great point that ryan brought up a bunch of great points that ryan brought up and we want to thank you whisper nation for being a part of today's show and getting to catch so much of that good action make sure you are liking and following ryan weiss over on all of the great platforms that he's working on club ffl football guys his own personal twitter and other handles really quick do you want to go ahead and plug the same pieces that you did up at the top of the show whisper nation you can grab yeah, the links in the bio yeah, I was going to say, just follow me on Twitter. Anything, any work I do, I tweet it out immediately that morning. I basically joke that I'm a glorified retweet account. Um, I, for folks who don't know my story, I am a stay-at-home dad, and my son is the most uh, self-sufficient child that exists. So I joke that I am full-time fantasy without the paycheck. So I take in as much fantasy content as I can from as many outlets as I can. And if someone gets the retweet from me, it's because I did read their article and I agreed with something they said mm-hmm. in it. So follow my account, and you're going to see a bunch of info from a bunch of great accounts even if it's not me but you'll find great work over at football guys if you uh, go over and sign up for their subscriptions right now it's the lowest price all year and and there's so much tools and information there to help you win your league and if you have any issues with it you can shoot me a text or a dm and i'll take good care of you so you got it there whisper nation and we are still looking for our number one subscriber one subscriber today if you enjoyed what you're listening to and you want to be a part of a community where you know you belong hit that subscribe button and join whisper nation and if you like today's show Consider hitting us with a thumbs up. We would sincerely appreciate it. Regardless, we love you. Thank you for joining the show. I'm Austin Sear. That's Ryan Weiss, Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out of here. Thank you all. Hey, you like mock drafting? So do we. Check out one of our previous mocks in the videos here and like and subscribe to catch next week's mock draft coming your way.